All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Terrible. Like, (laughs) it was such a part of my diet. That's why I said coffee crisp. I don't mind coffee crisp, but I would love like an O. Henry or anything of that ilk, and I just can't eat them anymore. And Reese's Pieces was my number one by a landslide. Not even just the taste, but the the texture, how smooth it is. It's a joy to put in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Anyway. That is a, that's a, because yeah, there's a lot of chocolate bar. Well, you can have Big Turk though. It's probably like the, you know, the king of chocolate bars. Is it? Well, I I don't mind a Big Turk. Yeah, there really you go. Don't. See, I knew you were a good guy. You just became a better guy right there. So I like <laughs> I, it. I, I, I like it. I've been known to down a Big Turk or two. Oh, yeah. Kit Kat. Do you like Kit Kat? Arrow? I do. Arrow's I really a classic, like right? Arrow's a classic. Easy. Right? There's no nuts in the arrow, so that should be good for you. No, no. I like the Kit Kat, and I like that I can break it off piece by piece yes. and savor it. You know? uh, it's like a classy chocolate bar if you want it to be, right? Like. Kind of break yeah. it off, you know. You feel like some for some small reason it's somehow classier. I'm not sure. I'm sure it isn't. <laughs> You're right. I I can't explain it either, yeah. but it is. <laughs> Tr, have yourself uh, a great uh, Monday. Enjoy Game Three of the uh, World Series. Uh, some NHL games uh, uh, to look for. Of course, Order fans will be twiddling their thumbs for another three days. Uh, the strange schedule for Edmonton in October, but uh, November it starts to pick up a little bit. Um, they still have a road trip where they play three games in like six days on the road, which never happens. So uh, they should be rested. The The schedule shapes up very well for the orders, especially in the first half of November for them to kind of get back on even ground and then try to go from there. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, we will chat with you on Thursday, the next day where the orders play the Dallas Stars. Looking forward to it, guys. Uh, thanks a lot, JG. Thanks, Connor. And thank you, Edmonton. I'll see you guys in a few days. That is uh, Terry Ryan joins us every Monday and Thursday on Sports 1440. Let's get to the uh, con man. 
as uh, we're going to get to uh, a sports 1440 update uh, brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Stay ahead of the snow game at Edmonton Kubota with their powerful snow removal equipment and attachments. Your key to a smooth, hassle-free winter. Check them out at edmontonkubota.com. This is a sports 1440 update. Nine games on the ice tonight in the NHL. The Flyers host the Hurricanes, Panthers in Boston. The Lightning up against the Kraken. The Ducks are in Pittsburgh. The Islanders hosting the Detroit Red Wings. Jets take on the Rangers. Blue Jackets travel to Dallas. Coyotes host the Blackhawks. And the Canadians in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. Game three of the World Series gets going in just about an hour. That series tied at a game apiece. Rangers and Diamondbacks. Tough news in the NFL for the Minnesota Vikings. They'll be without Kirk Cousins for the remainder of the season after he suffered a torn Achilles. Also, over the rest of the year, Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne tonight. We get wrapping up with the Raiders and Lions meeting in Detroit. Kickoff at 6.15. You can join me at the Leduc Canadian Brew House for your chance to qualify for a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. The Edmonton Oil Kings have acquired 2006 born forward Smith Redman from the Sass. Saskatoon Blades in exchange for 2004 born forward Rhett Melnick in a conditional 2027 sixth round pick. And in the association, the Raptors hosting Portland. That gets going in about 30 minutes. You also have the Timberwolves in Atlanta. Wizards host the Celtics. The Heat travel to Milwaukee. Pelicans welcome the Warriors to town. Jazz in Denver and the Lakers taking on the 2-0 Orlando Magic. Coming up in hour four of the Jason Greger Show, we'll be joined by Mark Spector of Rogers Sportsnet and Kevin Woodley from Ingle Magazine. I'm Connor Halley. This has been a Sports 1440 Update. It's after 5 o'clock. How are you? Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Orders Nation uh, YouTube, Connor Halley. Along for the ride. Declan Kruger is also here. The uh, Oilers uh, sitting back. Well, I wouldn't say relaxing. It's one game, but uh, probably feeling much better about themselves today than they were in the previous week after some uh, less than desirable efforts in their uh, games against Minnesota. And uh, New York last week, Oilers got a big win. And uh, they did it in playing well, specifically defensively. They're physically engaged from a lot of players, which is good. Now we'll see if they can build on that. You need a starting block at some point. Great. They got it. Now they need to build on it. That's the key. Otherwise, if they just fall back to the other ones, it's I wouldn't say it's a wasted effort, but it's it uh, puts you right back to ground zero if they come up with another stinker on Thursday. So we'll see uh, see if this one gives them a little bit of pep in their step as we get to the spec report now brought to you by gs construction as uh, they remind you as mu- as difficult it is be patient stay safe through construction zones they want to get the other staff home just as safely and quickly as you want to get home gs construction as uh, mark specter joins us and uh spec uh, give me your overview just kind of of, of the overall atmosphere we, we'll get to the game in a sec but uh, the uh, second Heritage Classic in Edmonton, 20 years later than the first. Uh, temperature, obviously, uh, a lot more comfortable for fans. Uh, how did you make the overall weekend and the game itself yesterday? Well, it's funny you should ask me about the weekend, Jay, because I went out on uh, on Friday night. As a matter of fact, it was Shelka's birthday, holding fine at 39. And uh, out we go. We go to the Mayfield Dinner Theater. Now, I'd never been there before, so I thought this is, should be kind of interesting. We go there. There's a this musical, and they're playing all these songs from the 60s, and it's, you know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and the Birds, and 
Joni Mitchell, stuff like that. And we're sitting with the lady and there's kind of an older crowd in there, Jay. And, you know, they're watching and they're loving this music. And this lady, Peggy, she's sitting next to me. She says, man, she says, I love this music so much. And I used to have a radio station, you know, that I listened to every day to play this music. And it was so good. And I love that station. And she said, you know what? One day I turned that station on and there's some guy on there and he's talking sports. And she says, no, it's a damn sports station. Do you know anything about this? <laughs> I said, I don't know, Peggy. I don't know anything about this, but I'll give you Jason Greger's phone number if you want. You can talk to him. <laughs> so you got a fan in Peggy, kind of. <laughs> well, hopefully Peggy's still listening. If she is, and she's a trooper. So uh, that's uh, that's very good. Yeah, well, you know what? There's the odd one. Yeah. I get it, right? That people don't like change. Back, they don't like change. So that's, uh, that's good. Uh, well, I didn't tell her that I was on twice. Nah. Forget it now. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't, you don't want to get on Peggy's bad side, clearly. No. Uh, I get it. Peggy, but... yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, bring us to Sunday. What a fun day, right? What a huge success. What a, you know, a... Uh, um, uh, just a, it's like a celebration, man. And the Oilers pulled through and gave people a day that, you know, they really, they left with a good taste in their mouth. Certainly the Oilers fans, there's several thousand Flames fans there. I thought that was pretty cool. A lot of people coming up highway too, but uh, I I didn't see a dent. I didn't see a, a, a anything in there where you looked at the day and thought, oh, you know, why do they do this? Or they should have done that. I mean, it was darn near perfect from where I sat. You were in the stands. What'd you think? I thought it was fantastic, right? I, I thought it was perfect conditions for an outdoor game. I went with Beckett, who's nine, and, uh, you know, you, you dress warm. You wear some long johns, and you know what? Uh, we, we had a blanket that you put over the uh, under your seat, and there's this thin little blanket just because the plastic maybe can get cold after yeah. sitting on it a while. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, we, you know, I dressed warm. Like, trust me, if you wanted to get cold, if you were too cold, you just go stand on the concourse for five minutes. It was packed. Trust me, you're sardine. You're sweating bullets after being yeah. on there for five minutes. So no one was cold <laughs> at intermission. Yeah. I can tell you that. And you know what? I thought the, uh, um, like, we were on the, the east side, so we had the sun for the warm-up and everything. So it was like, honestly, we were taking our toques off. It was kind of hot out there watching warm-up and everything. And then, you know, the jets flew over, and it was quite quieter than I expected for some reason. I, I remember them being louder. The, these ones were a little bit quieter. And, you know, the game, uh, there was good atmosphere in the crowd. Uh, orders uh, score first, so that just adds more energy in the building. And uh, I thought Edmonton took over, but I thought, you know, Nickelback, I thought was great. I, I really enjoyed him th for the three songs they played live. I have, I have no issue with them. I thought they sang well. The songs were catchy. Uh, I've never mind Nickelback. I'm not the, the one who thinks Nickelback's bad. Like, I don't think you, I don't think you become that successful globally by being a terrible band. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't yeah. think you do. So uh, overall, I thought, you know, everything went well. And I, I, like, I told one of my friends, uh, I tweeted, texted him, uh, the minute I saw the Flames pregame outfits, and I said, Spec Calgary just lost because no spells oh respecting farmer wears uh, coveralls with no shirt on. Like, I'm sorry. That was, the, that, was a, that was a loss right there. Sorry, Flames fans, but that was a guaranteed loss when I saw that. I kind of thought that uh, it reminded me of the village people. And then maybe I thought, you know, uh, like, it was Travis Dermott that wore that pride tape on the stick. I thought maybe that was the Flames kind of uh, protest, silent protest against pride tape <laughs> when they came out wearing those overalls. I don't, I, I don't, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. Couldn't believe my eyes. Uh, goofy. Yeah. Um, goofy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you look at uh, how the orders played and spec like, 
the whole game, they were very good five on five. Like, and, and even like Calgary's first five on three power play, my goodness, it was terrible. Like, they barely got one good scoring chance on that five on three. And I'm sorry, when it's a five on three, I, like the penalty killers, Nurse had a really good block, great. But for the most part, five on three, the only reason you shouldn't be scoring is if the goalie's making some ridiculous saves. And they didn't even get any shots. Like, their power play was anemic. And, uh, you know, the orders kill it off. And then they come back and they score. And, you know, then they give another one. And uh, or sorry, no, they made up two. Not then they gave him the uh, they wanted to make it two to one, and then they scored right afterwards. But I thought Edmonton's five on five play was yeah. the best we've seen all year long. They gave up very little all game long, and virtually nothing in the first forty minutes when the Flames had zero high danger scoring chances in the first forty minutes. Five on five. Yeah, three shots at the thirty minute mark of the game. Five on five for Calgary. So you know, I guess if you're nitpicking, you could say this isn't the first game the Oilers have taken too many penalties this season that's still something that, that they need to figure out a little bit you know I, I didn't when I saw the replay of Darnell Nurse's penalty uh it was deserving when I watched it live I thought oh, come on he's poking at your goalie you get to take a swipe at him but you know he totally crossed the line he the referee gave him one hard shot on the I forget the Flames player that was poking at Skinner uh but then he took a wound up and punched him in the head in front of the ref that's a five on three all day long and uh, discipline, you know, like I, I, everyone loved the Oilers game. It was a huge step forward. I'm not here to say that it, it wasn't a good day for them, but they'll still have to bring their discipline. And let's face it, you give up three minutes of five on three against a team on good ice with a good power play, it could cost you the whole hockey game, Jake. It's valid. Um, you know, now keep in mind the dry saddle one, um, that, that's kind of a rare second penalty right. to, to take right. right like i'll be like i, I saw a valid penalty like yeah, it's, it's a valid penalty it's a valid penalty it's, it's very rare yeah it's well it's rare very because rare. the player he didn't play the puck with his stick so he thinks right. well you know you can kick it but you had the stick in your hand you have to drop the stick had he dropped the stick then he could kick the puck right. it's because he had the stick in his hand it's a split second one so like i don't that one to me wasn't a bad penalty to take no and, and no. uh uh, like Nuge and Hopkins had put him down. Was it the Nuge or was it Nurse? Which yeah, Nurse was the second. Like I like being aggressive. But yeah, Nurse can't give him the second punch. He got away with the first one, right? He did. But uh, the second one, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you can't do. But um, you know, overall, like the orders, I have very little to complain about that game. Specifically because they've been so bad defensively for, and even if they were good for a period or two, then they'd have a meltdown. They had no meltdowns last night. Right, like Calgary yeah, had, had two good chances, like high danger five on five in the third period. Like that's normal. If you can keep a team to two every period, you're pretty happy. Yeah, when when Woodcroft said afterwards, we looked like us. I I thought you know, that was well said. Uh, this was a you know a team that's used to winning, and and Woodcroft reminded us a hundred times this weekend that they've won a hundred games in the last two years. A team that's used to winning is supposed to relish a three two lead after forty minutes. They're supposed to look comfortable. We know what to do when we're up 3-2 after 40. We know the other team's going to come at us, and we know how to defend it. And they haven't looked that way this year up until yesterday. Yesterday, Calgary came. Calgary pushed. They're going to push, man. They're trailing in a, in a hockey game. They're going to push. But Edmonton weathered the push very well. There wasn't a scare made his saves. He didn't have to stand on his head the whole time. Uh, they just looked comfortable. They looked like a team that knew how to win, and uh, of course, you move forward now. And, I mean, Ekholm said afterwards to me, he said it, it felt like we were playing for 10 points. We were only getting two out of the game. 
you know, it's the next three or four games that are going to decide for us whether this thing has legs or not, right? They got to make this Heritage Classic win have some legs for them this season. Yeah, well, 100%, right? Like, I, I think they prefer to play Tuesday, to be honest. Uh, you know, you always yeah. want to you always want to get back out there yeah. when you're playing better, That's but they get a day off, and now they have a few extra days of practice. And, hey, you know, Dallas will be playing their third game in four nights, second half of a back-to-back. There's really no reason to lose that game. You have a significant advantage when the game starts, and that happens mm-hmm. some schedules. You have to take advantage of those games. Yeah, because you're going to go into someone else's barn under similar circumstances, and it's going to be going against you later on. So you're right, Jay. These are the games. You're well rested. They're not. Those are the games you got to put in your pocket here. Yeah. Uh, Mark Spector uh, joins us. Uh, I don't know who picked the star spec, but how they didn't have a Vander Kane as the number one star blows my mind. He was easily the order's best player, like physical. Yep. Uh, and and he had some huge hits, like not just like rubbing guy out hit, like those are huge hits. Uh, he had six shots on goal. He had two assists. He had a goal. Yeah, sure, it's the empty net. Everybody's on the ice there. He's killing penalties. He wasn't on the ice for any goals against. Like Evander Kane's last three games, I think he's been the, the order's best player. He's definitely been the most engaged one. And uh, emotionally, he's been their emotional leader on the ice through actions more than anything else. Plus, you saw him, right? I think uh, some of my friends, because I wasn't, I was at the game, but on TV, it picked up some about Kane saying to the cat, like, "What are you guys going to do about it?" Right? Like, he's got that swagger where he's cocky too. Oh, listen! And this was a team that needed some emotional leadership, right? When you'll notice that his game picked right up uh, when McDavid came out of the lineup. You know, Evander Kane, like everybody else, wasn't very good for the first five games. McDavid goes out and he said, okay, it's this is where you're, you know, you find out who your leaders are. It's where you find out who's going to, you know, who you can, who can take you somewhere when times get, get tough. And, you know, at that point they were not playing very good hockey and they lost their best player. And who became, who's the guy that stepped up probably the most in the team has been Evander Kane. And that's a great sign because, you know, you know what Dry is going to do for you this year, and you know what McDavid's going to do for you when he's playing. Uh, you need all these other guys. There's a reason you're paying high salary players like Hyman and um, you know Vander Kane, and you're spending some money. Connor Brown. I th- I thought Connor Brown was good yesterday. Yeah. Uh, no points. Didn't go in for him. That's the best game he's played. He was very involved. So those are the guys you're paying them big money. They got to show up. And Vander Kane absolutely showing up. Big time the last few games. Yeah. Uh, defensively, Nurse Cece, very good. Uh, Vincent DeHarnay, man. Like, I'll say this. I think Philip Broberg's spec right now, just based on play, is the order's number seven defenseman. I, You know what? I, I know I got the look. He started the game with Ekholm. I haven't seen much from Philip Broberg. Vincent DeHarnay, I think, has been pretty sound defensively, and he's been pretty solid on the penalty kill. Yeah, and he's... You know, he's an interesting tale. Like, this is a guy that's been the I was saying to Kevin this morning. I did a story with Darren earlier this year, and he talked to me about how every team I've ever joined, I've, I walk in the door as the eighth or ninth defenseman. I got to work my way into the game, you know, onto the lineup. And it's no different here in Edmonton. This guy comes along as a, you know, the eighth guy, seventh guy. He was a seventh guy again when the season started. Broberg's a first round pick. He's a sexier looking player, right? He's skates better. He's smooth. You think, oh boy, this guy's going to be great. And who's, you know, taking a good run at taking that job right now. It's the big DNA kid <laughs> who's got a lot of try and he gets in your way. And, you know, I think it's a nice battle because I don't mind the way Broberg's played. I think they got two guys that are fighting for that spot and 
uh, you know, good for the orders, right? Good for the orders to have two guys that are making a run at it. Evan Bouchard, ever since the, uh, you know, he, the, the Minnesota game, I think he's rebounded very well his last two games. And that's all you can't change when you have a bad game. It's all about how you respond. I get Bouchard thumbs up. I thought he was very good against New York, and I thought he was excellent against Calgary. Yep, two good games for Evan Bouchard. It's, you know, we know it's there, right? Like, how would I say? Young defensemen, it's like a radio frequency, you know? At one point, the lines are big and slow. They go up, they go down. And as they get better, the speed wobbles get less. You know, what used to be a 15-game drought for Bouchard probably is going to be a six or seven game drought now as he gets more mature and it's going to turn into a two game drought and eventually there will be way less of those. So this is a good sign. He did have a bad stretch and he did look like the Bouchard of 12 months ago that we all thought, oh man, can this guy even play? And boom, he's got the ship righted for a couple games here and that's a good sign. That's a defenseman that's grown up and the, the valleys don't last as long. And the peaks, uh, you probably get more peaks than you used to get, right? Yeah, uh, very true. Spec, we will uh, chat with you tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about a few of the uh, the other teams and even the Calgary Flames. Who, whew, I know it's early; it's nine Ooh. games, but my goodness, they uh, they got some uh, some guys who are on milk cartons offensively for their team right now. Quite I was concerned when that when their coach said the other day, "If you're expecting Kadri and Huberdeau to carry this team, it's not going to happen." And I thought. How can you say that? Those guys, you know, like I know, I know a hockey team where the top two guys carry them sometimes. <laughs> so I don't know how a coach can say that about his best two players. Those two guys should carry you. Not a, not all year, Jay. Once in a while. Uh huh. Maybe uh, maybe they're more. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe they're more complimentary guys than carry guys. Okay. Well, Eeks. yeah, signed for eight years. Um, listen, I'll let you go. Uh, when the show's done, Peggy's going to phone you. <laughs> I look forward to it, Peggy. I look forward to the call. It'll be a good conversation. That's uh, Mark Specter in the spec report, uh, brought to you by GS construction. When we return, Kevin Woodley will, uh, join us. Uh, Stuart Skinner's last three starts been pretty solid. Um, Woodley talked about things in Skinner's game that he felt like when he does, That'll lead to success. Has been doing it. We'll find out next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 5.30. How are you? Jason Gregor, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440, Waters Nation uh, YouTube. As it is uh, time to go uh, in the crease with uh, Kevin Woodley, brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, Heavy Hall Transport Provider, locally owned and operated, and uh, very proud that uh, one of their employers, uh, Devo, has... Uh, Made the uh, Canadian Olympic team. He's going on the World Cup circuit, and then he'll be doing Olympic qualifiers. He could see himself in the Olympics. Bobsled. So uh, good luck from Next Gen Transportation as uh, we welcome in from Ingle Magazine at NHL.com, Kevin Woodley. Kev, how you doing, my man? 
I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I think is the bigger question. That looked fun, but chilly yesterday. I definitely was tuned in start to finish on that one. Wasn't missing it. Yeah, no, you know what? Honestly, not that cold at all. Like, well, considering I sat outside 20 years ago and it was gross cold. Like uh, yesterday seemed balmy. I just, you know, had boots and long underwear on. But uh, you know what? Other than that, a jacket. It was it was very comfortable to me. In fact, I, I thought it was perfect conditions for the uh, the game. You didn't really even see your breath that much out in the crowd. So it wasn't that cold. Uh, the ice was quick. Uh, I really enjoyed. Um, uh, I really enjoyed sitting in the uh, in the crowd uh, with everybody around. Uh, you know, it's a spectacular venue. You know, obviously, I think if you, if you did it too often, that would probably lower the excitement because you know there are some negatives with it. You know, the big crowds and the long lines and everything else. But uh, you're there for the experience, and you'll take the good with the bad. And I thought there was definitely. Uh, more good than bad, uh, specifically the good of the order's defense. Stuart Skinner really wasn't test like he was unreal against the Rangers on Thursday. That was a three nothing game that could have been a seven or eight nothing game. They were giving cross seam passes like they thought it was Halloween and they're tossing candy to the New York Rangers. But uh, yesterday, Stuart Skinner just needed to be solid when called upon, especially five on five. They, he barely saw any quality chances five on five. Yeah, no, I mean, I had uh, pulled the numbers up from last night's game before we came on the air. And I mean, still six high danger. Both Flames goals were off high danger. And, you know, I think there is, when things get going lateral, there are a couple of things in his game that probably are going to, you know, need to to tighten up. Um, you know, obviously that's part of that is the team not giving up as many of those chances. But, uh, you know, there's a couple, couple times on second chances and plays around the side of the net where, you know, he's not getting a lot of rotation in his pushes. And so he's ending him, you know, in those scramble situations, you're seeing him sort of push himself rather than working back towards his post. You're seeing him sort of push himself out of the crease and into areas where um, if that puck gets funneled back the other way, and obviously you got to count on your defense not to allow that to happen. Uh, there's vulnerability there. Uh, so, so a couple of things there, but uh, I'm with you for the most part. I watched the Rangers game closely too, because obviously the Rangers were in here on Saturday night. So sort of we'll count that as a pre-scout on my part. And man, the way they moved that puck around through the seams, any goaltender would struggle with that. He made some fantastic saves. Um, and it's something that they, I mean, I don't care who you are, if you're going to permit, that is something we've seen a lot here in Vancouver. And it's one of the reasons the Canucks are off to the start. They are, is they're not giving that up as much as they used to. At the end of the day, if you continue to give that up as a goaltender, you have to start cheating backwards and hedging your bets and playing deeper and making it a shorter movement. And at that point, you're exposing other areas. So if they can get that together, now listen, the flames aren't exactly clicking on all cylinders. So we're going to need to see a little more proof of concept. But if they can eliminate that more like they did on uh, last night outdoors than they did against the Rangers, that bodes well for both goaltenders. Looking uh, around the league, Kevin, there are, there are some, uh, you know, it, it's still early, but I guess as a goalie analyst, like I look at players and, you know, guys can go um, like Connor Brown, for instance, he has no points in eight games. I, I don't think he's played poorly per se, but obviously, uh, hey, you know what? Uh, people want him to score and, and, and that's valid. Goaltenders, you know, it's a little bit different. Rarely can you like, there's not, well, you know what? If he has 900 save percentage, yeah, that's okay. But uh, you know what? Uh, some guys are, are well below. You really got to dig yourself out of it. It's, it's almost like you go in the negatives to come back up, where if you just have a goose egg, yeah, it looks like a goose egg, but once you produce, it just keeps going up. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit different in how you evaluate goalies early on. Are, are there some guys, when you just look at their raw numbers, where you say, okay, the numbers look bad, but I think they're playing okay? 
you know what the problem with answering that question is going to be Jason? Like I've gotten to the point where I almost never look at raw numbers. Um, I just think it, it just, and, and like, that's, you know, that's an admission on my part and it's probably a mistake. Like I should be looking at the raw numbers to compare it. Um, but I know they mean so little. And I guess maybe that's the statement I would make, right? Like to me, they, they don't mean nearly as much. And so I look at the guys who are succeeding. So how about, guys, Mar- I'll, okay, I'll go with Markstrom because he basically has a 900 save percentage. What yeah, is, see, did, so there's, a, there's a case where I, I can, you know, top of my head, I was talking uh, with somebody else about him this morning. Like he's plus two and a half percent in adjusted save percentage, which is, you know, when you filter out the guys who have barely played, there's a few tiny samples in there among the regulars, the guys you expect to be starters in the NHL, he's top 10. And I had to look that up because there are things in his game and there were some goals last night where I'm like, you know, I don't know if I love that. Right. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's too small a sample anyways, but mm-hmm. I think he's a great case in point for, um, you know, what matters in terms of expect, expected say percentage and reality. And for, for Jacob Marshall, I'm just pulling it up. Like he's expected right now. So this speaks to the environment he's behind and why the raw numbers look so bad. His expected is 864. There are only two goalies with worse. Philip Grubauer at 857. So again, we got a lot of people burying Philip Grubauer in Seattle. And listen, even the team is playing Joey Decord, I think three in a row or four of the past five ahead of Philip Grubauer. So clearly they don't trust it either. But Grubauer is playing plus 2.7%. And then the only other guy with a lower expected than Thatcher, or sorry, than Jacob Markstrom is Thatcher Demko. And he's killing it. Like nobody's questioning his numbers, but to give you the comparison here in Vancouver, because we are a fickle bunch, Thatcher Demko, I think going into the Rangers game was like running 924, but Casey DeSmith was running 938. And I heard talk in this local market, maybe mostly on Twitter, because Canucks Twitter is what it is. Um, hey, should we be playing Casey DeSmith more? Because he had a 938. And if you look at the 938, yeah, sure. Why not? He had the second highest expected save percentage in the league and Thatcher Demko's got the second lowest. So you're comparing even behind the same team in this small sample, you can compare, you know, it's apples to oranges comparing one goalie to the next. And, you know, interestingly enough, as I look at this list among, you know, we talked about those lateral passes and those seam passes, just barely above Jacob Markstrom with an expected of 865 is one Jack Campbell and not too many spots above him is Stuart Skinner at 882. So um, environment matters. It's why I don't look uh, at strictly at the raw numbers. I'll give you another example of a guy who's probably. But, but hey, wait a sec, Kev, because when you say environment, when you say environment doesn't matter, then it's saying, well, then the goalie position doesn't matter because he's only supposed to be good if everybody in front of him plays well. Like Thatcher Demko is proving that guess what? Sometimes if the guys in front of you don't play well, it's your job. If you're a great goalie and you're paid a lot of money, to make some saves that you shouldn't save. hundred percent. I sorry. I, I, I would never say environment doesn't matter. I, that's a slip of the tongue. We'll blame that one on the concussion recovery okay. at this point. Okay. Um, but environment does matter. And it's why I don't look at the raw numbers because they don't account for that environment. Right. And so J- you're right. There are both examples. Jacob Markstrom is playing well. And yet even within that, when I dig into his sort of, we'll call them micro stats, sort of some of the individual numbers, he's so good against, you saw it last. I think, I think last night's a prime example. You see some of the saves he makes on glorious point blank chances that the high danger chances that are supposed to go in. And it's like, he's stopping bullets in his teeth out there and you go, Oh man, like that's incredible. But if you're letting in too many low and mid percentage goals, does that outdo it? Statistically, 100%. you're still fine, but yeah. it's killing his team right now. Exactly. So 
Um, you know, I, th I think you have to look beyond that. And, and again, to just look at raw numbers, though, you know, that's where you know, Jacob Markstrom is below league average. And yet when you compare him to what's expected, uh, what should be expected based on the team he plays behind, he's fine. He's, he's actually top 10. So uh, that's why I love these stats. I, I wish more people had access to them, frankly, because maybe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They'd be like me. They'd stop looking at those raw numbers because they can really be misleading because defensive environment does matter. But to your second point, you can outplay a crappy environment. I, I, you know, I think what happens though you can outplay it for so long and in small samples, um, you know, and it kind of depends on what you're asking. Like here in Vancouver, Thatcher Demko for years has been expected to be that guy. Now they're trying to improve the environment. And in their last three games, it's been a lot better. Like right now, if you were to look at their underlying numbers as a team, the Canucks are not good at all, but we're in such a small sample. It's still based largely off an absolute stinker in Philadelphia where the, the, the Flyers generated almost six expected goals. And another similar poor defensive effort against Tampa Bay. Um, they've been better of late. They want to get away from expecting Thatcher Demko to perform at that level. Expecting your guy to stay behind a bad environment that high above it, even for the top guys in the league, it becomes very difficult to do. Because if you're giving up that many seam passes, eventually it tends to catch up to guys. But that's not to say you can't outperform your environment. That's what the best do. And that's... That's where when I look at Edmonton, I don't know that you expect that of their goaltenders, right? Like, does anyone, and, and, and if you do, if, if fans in Edmonton expect it, I don't know if it's realistic. And this goes back to our conversation about Skinner last year. He was great as a first year pro. Like he did some things that not a lot of people expected, but when you compared it again to this environment, it wasn't that far above expected. You know what I mean? So asking him now to be a guy that stops bullet in, bullets in his teeth while giving up chances that you didn't used to give up, that might be too big an ask. And so 
again, small sample, but I think you give him more nights like he got the other night, he'll be just fine. You give him nights like he did against the Rangers, and it won't matter. Kevin Woodley joins us. So what about a guy like Shesterkin then in New York? Um, because if you look at the, like his high danger uh, save percentage is uh, below 50th percentile, according to the NHL uh, Edge site. Uh, the Rangers don't give up a ton of of, uh, of high danger chances overall as a team. Uh, Jonathan Quick has has got uh, has pretty good numbers. Now you know they're winning. Shesterkin has a 900 save percentage, but you know for him it's not great. Is it is it the lack of chances that maybe is hurting him, and the fact that the, the Rangers have actually been so good defensively that it might be harder to play goal there? So here's an interesting one because Shesterkin again he's not that far behind Markstrom. So again the, the adjusted numbers they've been better defensively as a team. Um, but it's been, you know, I mean, it's only two starts for quick. And you obviously saw one of them there in Edmonton. And that was one of their better defensive performances. Again, behind the same team, Jonathan Quick in a small sample has an expected of 9-11. He's outperforming it by a significant margin. Obviously, what's he running? Like a 987. By mm-hmm. the way, I thought he looked great the other night. I thought Quick to New York might be a mistake they would regret based on his recent history, statistically. Um, what he did both in LA towards the end and even in Vegas, like the reality is in Vegas, he was a healthy option and they went to Loren Brassois and they went to Aiden Hill ahead of him. And they would have gone if he was healthy, I believe um, to, to, uh, to, to the Southpaw who's the backup right now. Again, we're going to blame the concussion little tip of the tongue. I can't name him right now. It's killing me right now, Jason. Um, But he was not their first, second, third, or maybe not even yeah. their like he would have been their fourth choice, right? And the numbers back that up. Well, wasn't it wasn't it Halak wasn't it Halak who got offered and then didn't he he went to his agents thought he'd make more because the Rangers had actually offered him but he turned it down. He offered. Well, see, him- that would be if he did, then that's a mistake on him because I thought bringing him back made sense. And so if that's yeah. him turning it down, then you know he's not yeah. in the league right now and he's five wins short of five. Of, yeah, he of just fired it. He, he, he just fired his agent. And um, my understanding was he was kind of, well, he should have had a contract. Yeah. Well, the Rangers did offer him a contract, basically 775, and he turned it down because he thought he'd get close to 1.5. And then obviously he didn't. Ooh. Yeah. I know. I know. I know another team that offered him a contract that was lower than, ex- that, that, than the, what they expected as a group um, that I think he would have been a perfect fit for in Los Angeles. My understanding is that there was a deal in place there and it, or at least an offer made. Uh, and turned down and now he's not in the league and I know how much 300 means to him so I didn't have that background in terms of uh, you know the Rangers making an offer because I didn't understand the move frankly because Halak was really good for them last year and anyways uh, to get back to Jonathan Quick sorry Jason um, he that Edmonton game the most aggressive I saw him was heels out which is heels at the top of the paint and he's a guy who lived with white ice between his skates uh, in Los Angeles for years. And so, you know, again, whether it's Benoit Lair, um, working his magic, that's the most controlled and contained I've seen Jonathan. He's still going to be active. He's still going to explode across his crease, but where he's exploding from and how far he's exploding to seems to be a lot more reeled in. And Hey, it's a small sample and the Oilers offense was obviously not clicking that night. They weren't testing him uh, like they have tested uh, some other teams when they're healthy, like they did the flames, frankly, on Sunday, but I was really impressed with where Quick was. And I think if he can maintain that sort of tactical and positional discipline in his game, he could be in for a really nice bounce back in New York. Um, so, yeah, it's – but, again, there's interesting – you look at Shishterkin, we know what he is as a goaltender. The You said he's running a sub-900 or he's around 900 on the raw numbers, and I got him at plus 1.4 on the adjusted. And to go back to your question, absolutely 
seeing less shots, it's not harder. I, I'm not an idiot. No, but harder and mentally. It, exactly. Like, it, do you want a better defensive environment? Does every goaltender want that? Absolutely. But it would be ignorant to ignore the fact that it can be an adjustment to get used to seeing less shots. And for Shesterkin, who had his best year two years ago when the Rangers didn't play defense and they were asking him to do everything, you know, now all of a sudden you're, you're, you're just not as busy. You're not as occupied. And that is an adjustment. And it's an adjustment that we've seen other goalies have to make, particular in their first year behind Peter Laviolette teams. And this is, you know, this is a thing for, for, for Laviolette teams. We saw it with Washington. I think the highest profile example, though, would be Nashville. Nashville wasn't a bad defensive team under Barry Trotz, right? Like they were, they were, we considered them a wagon defensively, but Pekka Rene really struggled his first year under Laviolette to adjust to seeing less shots. I mean, they just take away more. Um, they block shots on the perimeter that other teams might let get through because, Hey, like it's a 90, what I call a 99% or the one year goalie stops 99% of the time. And it makes them feel good. We've hit a stage now in the NHL where teams don't, take those shots as nearly as often as they used to. So that's one of the reasons we've seen save percentage decline. Like teams aren't just throwing pucks to the net like they used to. And so goalies don't get that feel. And so for Shesterkin, it is an adjustment. Again, to me, the adjusted numbers would tell you it's not as bad as the raw numbers suggest early on. I certainly saw what he was capable here in Vancouver the other night, um, but it is going to be have, have to be something he gets used to. Interestingly enough, Pekka Rinne did it by paneling the puck more. Yeah, and that's okay. something Igor does well, too. We'll see if he starts gra- jumping out and grabbing every puck as well. Kev, thanks for this, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Monday. Sounds good. It's Kevin Woodley, uh, Ingo Magazine, NHL.com. We'll come back quickly, wrap things up in the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 552, as we continue on, uh, wrap up a busy Monday edition the Gregor Show. Uh, tomorrow, Georges Larocque will uh, join us on the uh, program. And uh, a few other uh, special guests coming up uh, this week and in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, unique guest on uh, Who Is It Wednesday. So uh, I will give you an advance, a little tip, not a hockey player. I've had a little run of hockey guys, so a non-hockey guy. And then uh, we have another hockey guy lined up the following week. We always try to book these a few weeks in advance. Obviously, we appreciate everybody uh, who comes in uh, gives up an hour of their time minimum. Some stay for longer, so it'll be great. Looking uh, forward to that. Uh, a lot of text uh, Hey, Gregor, what do you think the orders will do with Brown? Do they keep him in the lineup, play his 10th game, and pay him the bonus? Stat line is big fat zeros. What would you do? Well, Sean, here's the thing. If I'm a GM of the NHL team, I don't make a rash decision based on nine games. If I thought Connor Brown was worth the bonus when I signed him in the summer, I based on it said, for this season, he's a $775,000 cap hit. Depending uh, where the orders are at, in bonus overages, how much of it's going to carry over to next year all depends on where they are the cap. Probably most of it, right? I think that's safe to say. The majority of it, I would think, will uh, will carry over, right? So it might, let's just say three mil. Maybe somehow they'll squeeze out the 250K this year, somehow. So let's say it's three mil. It's not ideal for next year, no question. But I'm not, after nine games, going to worry about next season. I can't do it as the GM. It doesn't make sense to me. Especially when I look at... All of Brown's game. I don't think Brown has played that bad. Has Brown made a lot of glaring errors defensively? Have you seen Brown win a lot of obvious battles one-on-one? So, yes, he doesn't have points. Valid. Obviously, it's not ideal. But has he played poorly? I think there's two different things. I don't think Brown 
has played uh, where I've noticed him like, oh, my goodness, this guy's doing nothing. Right? Like his four check. He's created some chances. The thing that's the hardest to bring back when you haven't played in a while is your finish. And his finish right now isn't there. I think once Connor Brown scores a goal, you watch. He'll suddenly go three goals in five games or three goals in six games or something like that. I won't be surprised at all. So just a matter of when. Obviously, the longer he goes with the goose egg, the uh, the more the confidence gets impacted by it. So we'll see where they go. On behalf of Connor Howling, Declan Krugan, I'm Jason Greger, Terry Ryan. If you missed any of our guests, you can go to jasongreger.com. The individual interviews are there. Or you can get the podcast anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and more. Have yourselves a great night. Uh, say hi to Connor. He's in Leduc tonight at the Brew House. You can watch the Lions and, of course, the World Series. Go say hi to the con man, Brew House in Leduc. Uh, let's get to uh, Declan Cougar and a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specialize in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Good night. And one last time from me on behalf of Connor Halley, this is your sports 1440 update. Plenty of action around the NHL today. Flyers currently leading the Hurricanes 2-1 at the end of the first period. Panthers up 2-0 on the Bruins at the end of the first. It's the Kraken up 3-1 on the Lightning. Ducks and Penguins tied at 1-1. All of those at the end of the first. Right now, nine minutes left in the period. Red Wings and Islanders tied at zero. In the NBA, it's the Nets leading the Hornets 55-41 with 4-47 left in the second quarter. Bulls tied with the Pacers 44-44. Four minutes and 11 seconds to go in the second quarter in that one as well. Celtics 65-37 up big over the Wizards in the second. Hawks and Timberwolves tied right now and the Raptors leading the Trailblazers near the end of the first. World Series Game 3 goes tonight as the Diamondbacks take on the Phillies. First pitch, first pitch set for just a couple minutes here. That, that series currently tied at one game apiece. Week 8 of the NFL season wraps up tonight with the Raiders and Lions meeting in Detroit. Kickoff for that one at 6.15. You can join Connor Halley at the Leduc Canadian Brewhouse for that one. Fox Sports Radio is going to be by at 9 o'clock. Carius and Douglas back at 7 tomorrow morning. On behalf of Jason Greger and Connor Halley, this has been your Sports 1440 Update. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.